want to go ahead and get into the word of the Lord this evening. I want to share with you what I feel like that the Lord has laid, uh, what the Lord has laid on my heart uh, for this evening, and want to want to share that with you. And uh, hopefully, that what I uh, what I'm going to be sharing with you is going to be uh, want to be an encouragement. Uh, many years ago, many years ago, uh, Pastor Pastor Rick Warren, who pastors. Saddleback uh, Church out in California wrote a uh, wrote two uh, real popular best-selling books. One was uh, one was the Purpose Driven Life, and one was the uh, was the Purpose Driven Church. And I kind of looked at that um, a little bit as a um, as a uh, as a as a thought for a message that I felt like that the Lord. Was giving me, and I want to share that with you tonight. And my mind went to the book of Daniel, chapter number one. It went to the book of Daniel, chapter number one, and I begin to I begin to read in a few verses of scripture there about a man who had a purpose, or a man who purposed in his heart, a man who who made up his mind that decided. Above all else that he wasn't going to become contaminated by the things of this world. He, he understood his purpose. He understood, he understood why he was here. He understood the nature that God had called him. And I begin to think about that today and begin to, uh, begin to ask myself in the midst of all of this that's going on right now, in the midst of this pandemic, in this, this, this worldwide crisis that is going on right now, does, has the church purposed in their heart? Has the church really purposed in their heart? And that's what I want to talk, that's what I want to, talk to us about this evening. I want to talk to us tonight about the purpose-driven heart. I want to talk to us tonight about the purpose-driven heart, and I want to use a verse of Scripture here that is found in Daniel chapter number 1 and verse 8. In Daniel chapter 1, verse 8, we read about how that King Jehoiakim has, has, has surrendered his kingdom, has surrendered Jerusalem without a fight. The Babylonian army has come in. The Babylonian army has come in and has, and has surrounded the city of Jerusalem. And King Jehoiakim surrenders the city without a fight. And in one moment of time, Judah came under the rule of, and under the control of Babylon. And Nebuchadnezzar carried away some of the holy artifacts of the temple, along with a number of the royal family and nobility, and among these is a man by the name of Daniel. We'll later read about three Hebrew boys named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But the Babylonian army returned again in 597 B.C. to take away more captives. And finally in 586 B.C. they destroyed Jerusalem along with its temple and they exiled an entire nation as slaves to Babylon. And now in, in exile, the people were dejected and they were hopeless. As a matter of fact, the, the, the writer in Psalm chapter number 137 
begins to write and he says, There by the rivers of Babylon we went. When we remembered, when we remembered, uh, when we remembered our homeland, when we remembered our country, when we remember where we used to be, and there we hung our harps on the willow trees. And those that carried us away required of us and said, why don't you sing us one of the songs of Zion? And the writer in Psalms 137 says, how could we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? And I got to thinking about that and and I begin to ask myself today, uh, do we kind of see that with what is going on in the world right now? Do we kind of, do we feel that with everything that is going on? How it feels like that things may be out of control. You may be here, uh, you may be watching this evening and you may feel like that your life is out of control. You may feel like that. And you may feel like that that things are not going the way that you expected. And the enemy would try to stop by where you are at and say, Hey, why don't you sing one of the songs? You know, you say that you're a Christian, you say that you're you're a you're you're a people of worship. So why don't you just sing us one of the songs of God? Why don't you sing us one of the Lord's songs? And maybe this evening you may be thinking to yourself, Well, how in the world can we sing the songs of of Zion, how in the world can we praise the Lord in the midst of what is going on right now? And, and and I can understand how that we may at times be able to get in that mindset right now. As I'm speaking to you by way of Facebook, right now there's a handful of us in this church, and for a lot of us, that that's not something that we're accustomed to. That is not something that we are that we are used to. We're we're, we're used to hearing the. Uh, the, the, the roar of the applause. We're, listen, we're, we're accustomed to hearing the people say amen and praise the Lord. We're, we're accustomed to hearing you know, the loud music and what have you. And in all of this, we begin, to, we begin to wonder and sometimes we may begin to question what is going on and we may be able to say, how in the world could we sing the Lord's song in, 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 in such a strange place? And see, Daniel found himself in a strange place. He found himself in Babylon. And when we look at Scripture and we begin to understand about Babylon, Babylon is the symbol of everything that is evil. And I want to tell you tonight, the spirit of Babylon is still alive in our midst. The spirit of Babylon would like to try to come your way and would like to try to tell you, would like to try to tell you should not that, that you shouldn't take you shouldn't take your relationship with God seriously, that you shouldn't uh, that that you know, right now during this pandemic, do you really feel like that God that God is with you, that God ha, ha, is is on your side? See, the word Babel means confusion. And isn't it something that right now that the enemy would like to sow confusion among the people of God? The enemy would like to sow confusion among the churches. The enemy would like to sow confusion in your family and in your, and in your community. Babylon is mentioned in Revelation chapter 14 and verse 8 as being great. And the city first appears in Genesis chapter 10 and verse 10. 
And also in Genesis chapter 11 and verse 9, and represents a human system of politics, religion, and commerce and rebellion to God. The spirit of Babylon that is at work right now in a lot of people's lives is anti-God. It is something that is wanting to come against us so that it that it'll make us question God, so that it'll make us it'll make us go back on uh, on God. And right now we're we're kind of in this place where we're we're trying to put our faith in different things. We're trying we're relying on the government, we're relying on our jobs, we're relying on the 401. Uh, on the 401k but all the things that are man-made uh, that are man-made will one day crumble and fall we may be even seeing a shaking right now with all that is going on in this in this world and Babylon reflects the pride of man which seeks to build the city of man without the city of God it tries to take God out of the equation it tries to it tries to remove it tries to remove God out of its thinking and we try to operate and doing things without consulting what God is. But can I can I but can I tell you this evening? Can I tell you that the revelator in Revelation chapter 14 and verse 8 gives us a promise that one day the spirit that seems like that it has its control over so many of us, it is going to fall. Because in Revelation chapter 14 we read about how the Bible talks about that Babylon the Great is fallen. And that word fallen denotes a complete action. And I want to stop right here and I want to tell everybody that is watching by Facebook this evening is that it may seem like that it is tough. It may seem like that the world is coming against you. It may seem like the powers of darkness is fighting is fighting you in every area that that you may that, that may seem plausible but i want to tell you that the destruction of your enemy is coming to is coming soon and there is coming a day where everything that is fighting against you everything that is pulling at you everything everything that has been used to distract you one day god himself is going to pull down we look around at the conditions of what is going on in America today and we may feel like these Israelites have felt when they were exiled. And you too tonight may be asking how in the world can I sing the Lord's song in the midst of everything that I'm facing. I know people right now that have that have been in, in the midst of this pandemic. They have lost their jobs. They have been laid off. The government has come in and has told them that they must close businesses. Small businesses are now shutting their doors because, uh, because of the recommendations that have been passed on by the government. And yes, I understand that they're, that they're trying to do things to, to help the economy. But I want us to understand that our help doesn't come from Washington, D.C. Our help doesn't come, our help doesn't come from, from a Republican or it doesn't come from a Democrat. Our help comes from the Lord. But we may be asking ourselves right now, how in the world, in the midst of all of this, can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? We may be even asking the questions that the Israelites asked in Babylon when in Ezekiel 33 in verse 10, they said, how then should we live? 
that we need to recapture is we need to recapture the spirit of Daniel in our lives. You see, Daniel, when he was brought into captivity, when all of these things were going on in his life, the Bible says that Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. And we need to have that same purpose in our hearts right now. We need to have that same purpose that no matter what is going on in our life, no matter what is going on in our nation, no matter what is going on in our world, we are going to purpose in our heart. We need to affirm with Joshua, as in Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15, we need to affirm with Joshua and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We need to declare with David in Psalm chapter 27 and verse number 1, that the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? We need to pray with Christ, as in Luke chapter 22 and verse 42, not my will, but your will be done. We need to declare with the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 21, that for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. We need to affirm with Peter and 2 Peter 1 and 10, we that we need to make in this day, in this hour, we need to make our calling and election sure. Because if we do these things, we will never fall. I believe that in this time, Facebook, and listen to me tonight, listen to this preacher as I'm trying to tell you what we need to do above everything else right now is we need to purpose in our heart that it is not the time to give up. It is not the time to give in. It is not the time. It is not the time to be weak. It is the time that we purpose in our heart. We get a song in our spirit. We get a song in our heart. We get a praise on our lips. We begin to lift our hands without wrath and without doubting. We need to purpose in our heart. And Daniel did that. In the midst of everything that was going on around him, Daniel purposed in his heart. What can we learn from Daniel tonight? What can we learn by this simple phrase that Daniel purposed in his heart? There are a few things that we need to remember from the life of Daniel and all of this. The first thing that we need to remember is that we as the church need to remember just who it is we are. We need to remember who we are. You see, Daniel, when he was led captivity, they changed his name. You see, the name Daniel actually means God is my judge. But when he was led away into captivity, they changed his name to Beltasazar, which actually means the prince of Baal. He was the chief Babylonian deity. But other than this time in Daniel chapter 1 where they change his name and they tell him what his Babylonian name is, if you read throughout the rest of Daniel, you'll realize that Daniel never called himself by his Babylonian name. He refers to himself as Daniel. And he understood the importance 
of holding on to his sense of identity. And church, I want to tell you, we need to hold on to our sense of identity in this time. We need to hold on and know who we are in Christ. I'm reminded, I'm reminded of the television show, I, I, it was, it, of the television show Roots. And it was an important, it was an important show for its time because it helped the people, it helped the people recapture a sense of identity in their lives. Eric Erickson once said that the greatest crisis everyone faces is the identity crisis. Identity is derived from the way in which we answer four questions. Who am I? Where did I come from? Where am I going? And why am I here? Reminds me of the former governor of Massachusetts, Christian uh, Herter, he was running hard for a second term in office. One day after a busy morning and no lunch, he arrived in a local church and he was very, very hungry. And as the governor moved down the serving line, he held out his plate to a woman serving chicken. And she put one piece of chicken on his plate and turned to the next person in line. Governor looked at her and said, Excuse me, but do you mind if, if I have another piece of chicken? The lady looked at, her, looked at him and said, Sorry, only one piece of chicken for everyone that comes through this line. But you see, the governor, he was, he was, a, he was a modest man, but he was also hungry. So what he thought he was going to do was he, he thought that he would throw his weight around a little bit. And he looked back at her and said, Lady, do you know who I am? I am the governor of this state. The lady kind of smirked and looked at him and said, Do you know who I am? I'm the lady in charge of the chicken. Now move along. You see, she knew who she was. And we need to understand as the church who we are. We need right now in this time and in this season that we're in to recapture our spiritual identity. We all have a personal identity. We all have a family identity. We all have an ethnic identity and a culture identity. We like different kinds of music and, and different things. But most importantly, we need to reclaim our spiritual identity. We need to reclaim just who it is we are as the church of the living God. And, 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 and my brothers and sisters, just who are we? Well, John 1 and 12 tells us that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Because John 1 and 12 says that as many that has received Him, to Him gave He power to become the sons of God. And Romans 8, 5 and 16, Paul writes, he says, For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And then he says, And the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Psalms 
8, or chapter 8, verses 4 through 7 tells us that we are God's masterpiece and creation. What is man that you are mindful of him? That you have made him just a little lower than the angels? Can I tell you that you hold a high position in the kingdom of God? You are made just a little lower than the angels. You are the masterpiece of God's creation because when God created when God created man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils and the Bible says that man became a living soul everything else he called good but when he created Adam when he created mankind he said that this is very good and Malachi Malachi chapter 3 and verse 17 says that we are God's treasured possession Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 10 says that we are the apple of God's First Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19 says that we are the dwelling place. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Jesus told us in John 15 and 15 that he says, I call you no longer servants. He says, but I call you friend. My brother and sister tonight, I want to remind you that you are the friend of God. Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 9 and 10 that we are a royal priesthood, a Because if we do not understand who we are, our identity will always determine our destiny. Our identity will always determine our destiny. Who you are will determine where you will go. What you, what, how you see yourself will determine how in what direction that you are going. The enemy would like to try to tell you that what you ought to do is live in fear right now. But we read the scripture just a few minutes ago that says that God has, and we've been quoting the scripture that says that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. And tonight, church, I want to remind you, you need to be, you need to be reminded of who you are. But not only did Daniel remember who he was. But Daniel also understood whom he represented. And we need to understand tonight church just who it is. We represent. Daniel was first and foremost a servant of the living God. And I was thinking about this today. I'm not sure we understand the power of our representation of God. I don't, I don't think at times we fully understand the power that is available to us because we represent the kingdom of God. You see, we are 
ambassadors of Christ. According to 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 20. Which means that we are an elder. We are an overseer. One, an ambassador is one who is spiritually mature. An ambassador is directly commissioned by the king or the ruler responsible for bringing provinces into the kingdom. You see, the ambassador is a foreigner in this land. See, there's two things that we need to understand in that. In that. One, we are responsible as ambassadors, as a representation of the kingdom, to bring people into the kingdom. It is not just so that we can big, build bigger buildings and bigger edifices. It is so that we can bring people into the kingdom. Bring people into a relationship with Jesus Christ. But the other thing is, is that we have to understand that we do not belong to this world. I'm, I'm proud to be an American. But I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God first. Before I'm an American citizen. My citizenship is not of this world. My citizenship is of the kingdom of God. And everywhere we go, church, we need to understand just who it is that we represent. We speak on the behalf of the kingdom that we are part of. And we have to understand tonight, church, that everything that we do is a representation of the kingdom that we are a part of. The ambassador, the one, uh, the ambassador of the kingdom is one who is mature, having personal experience. It is one who is responsible, not for his own word, but for the word of the one he serves and represents. As people of the kingdom that we represent, we don't speak our words. We speak the words that the king has commanded us to say. As an ambassador, we have been commissioned to bring hostels into the kingdom of God. As an ambassador, we are one who is never ashamed to implore. And I love that. I love that. That means that when I show up as an ambassador of the kingdom, I don't speak my name, but I speak the name of the king of the kingdom. Amen. I hope you're saying amen right now. Because you've got to understand tonight, church, that when we step forth, out into this world and right now right now we are outside of the four walls of this church we are out in our communities and we've got to understand right now we are imploring the name of Jesus we are speaking on behalf of the king we also need to understand that we have been given authority to represent Christ Jesus told his disciples I give you power that means I give you authority to tread upon serpents and upon scorpions 
and over all the power of the enemy. And if we claim to be citizens of the kingdom, let us live up to the dignity of Jesus and represent Him well. What simply what that means is, is that church, if we claim to be part of the kingdom of God, we ought to represent Him faithfully. We ought to, we ought to be a good representation of the kingdom. Because John writes in 1 John 2 in 6 that whoever claims to live in Him must walk as Jesus did. Yeah. Reminds me of a story that was told of Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great learned of a young commander in his army who lived in ways that was deemed unacceptable. And this young commander's name was also Alexander. So this young man was summoned to appear before Alexander the Great who told him, either change your name or change your life. Because Alexander the Great understood that the other young man who was named Alexander knew that if this man was living in a way that he shouldn't be living in his army, it could be a reflection on him. And tonight we need to understand who it is that we represent. We need to purpose in our heart that we represent the kingdom of God. We represent Jesus Christ. And not only do we need to remember who it is that we represent, but we need to understand, we need to remember why we are here. I think about all that that has happened in the last couple of weeks and all that is happening in our world. And I was asked the question, Does that change the mission of the church? It doesn't. What is happening right now does not change the mission of the church. I know, I I know every time when we enter into a new year, we like to cast vision and we like to talk about our vision for the church and the vision for our community. But to be honest with you, what really, uh, I've always told people that for me personally, that my, my vision is always the Great Commission. It's the only commission that's ever been given in the Bible. When he said to go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples. We need to remember that the reason why we are here is to advance the kingdom of God on earth and all that we do. Israel was called God's witnesses. Jesus has commissioned us as His witnesses. Acts 1 and 8 says that you shall receive power after that that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. We do not need to run and hide during this time. But we need to invade it and to influence it as salt of the earth. This was God's message to the exiles. We have to remember 
And we have to purpose in our heart who we are, why, who we represent, and why we are here and all of this. Pastor Tony, I don't know if you wouldn't mind coming to the keyboard. I'm getting ready to close. I hope this evening you have purposed in your heart during this time. I am reminded, I'm reminded in 1968, the country of Tanzania selected a young man to represent its country in the Mexico City Olympics. And along, along the race course for the marathon, this man who represented the country of Tanzania fell, severely injuring both his knee and ankle. By 7 p.m., a runner from Ethiopia had, had won the race, and all the other competitors had finished the race. Only a few thousand people were left in this vast stadium. When a siren, when a police siren at the gate caught everyone's attention that was left in that stadium, and limping through the gate came this runner from Tanzania. His leg was wrapped up in a bloody bandage. The onlookers began to cheer him on as he completed the final lap and crossed the finish line. Reporters and people gathered around him, Pastor Tony. And one reporter asked him this question. Why did you continue the race after you were so badly injured and you knew there was no chance of you winning? And this, is what, this was his response. He looked at them and he replied. He said, my country did not send me 7,000 miles to start a race. They sent me to finish the race. And we've got to understand tonight, church, God didn't call us to start a race. God called us to finish the race. And we have to determine, we have to purpose in our heart this evening that during this season, during this time that we're in, we're going to finish what God has, what God has called us to be. You, may be. you may be watching my Facebook right now and you may be, and you may be having an identity crisis. The enemy may have come by where you are at and has tried to get you to doubt who you are. But I want to tell you tonight, if you've placed your faith in the shed blood of Jesus, you are a child of the Most High God. You may be here, you may be watching tonight, and you may be struggling with the things of this world and who it is that you represent. You may be struggling with the fact that 
I don't even know why I am here. Whatever it may be tonight, I know this. God wants to minister to you where you're at right now. And what I want to pray, what I want to pray, I want to pray for everybody that is watching my Facebook right now. That God will help us to purpose in our heart that we would not be distracted. That we would not be overcome by the cares of this life. That we would march forward in victory that Christ has called us to. If you're watching and you want to pray, I challenge you right now to bow your head where you're at right now. Wherever you're watching tonight, just bow your head and join with me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I come before you this evening. I thank you tonight, Lord God, that you have given us Daniel as an example of someone that in the midst of chaos, someone in the midst of uncertainty, purpose in his heart. And tonight, Lord God, I'm asking that you would help us to purpose in our hearts. For those that are watching by Facebook right now, that may be struggling with their sense of identity in you. The enemy has tried to come and tried to discourage them, has come and has tried to, has tried to, to bring them down. Father, I ask that you would give them a renewed purpose in their life. God, that you would help them to understand just who they are in Jesus. Father, help us to understand who it is that we represent. Help us to understand why we are here. Unite the church. I believe that right now that you are doing that. Father, I praise you tonight. I'm believing, Lord God, that you are helping your people during this time to purpose in our heart that we are moving forward. That we're going to be everything that you have called us to be. Father, we just never cease to give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. If you're watching my Facebook tonight and you feel like the Lord has ministered to you, give us, leave us a comment. Write us a message. Tell us how the Lord has ministered to you through this, uh, through this service tonight. Know who you are. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen.